This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Segment two, silver and black today, the post-game edition. The Raiders, 32-23 winners over the Denver Broncos. Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Evan from Just Pod Baby joins me on this post-game show for week four. The Raiders move to one and three. And guys, I want to jump into Derek Carr. Remember, the Derek Carr drama was back last week, not because any of us wanted it, but it just came back. Uh, I thought today Derek Carr looked more focused. I thought he looked more comfortable. Were there some errant throws and whatnot? Sure, there was. That happens to every quarterback. But Murph, I'll go to you first on this one. I thought Derek had a better sense of where his guys were. I thought he had a better sense of the offense. He, he, there was a couple times where that phantom pressure in the pocket, I think, impacted him. But overall, he stood in there. And most of all, I thought, and really encouraging, was he used his legs to extend plays and to get first downs. And that was huge in this game. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. And, and, uh, and that, to me, was the most glaring thing as well. I remember, like, earlier on in Derek's career, maybe even at the midway point, we used to call him like baby Aaron. Like he was like a little, he was like the next version of Aaron Rodgers because he was so good at extending the pocket and he's so accurate throwing on the run. And like, and whether it was a, you know, it's an offensive initiative by coaching or it's Derek, you know, not wanting to, you know, take the hit or whatever the case is, I don't know. But for whatever reason, that seemingly is a part of his game that was lost. Like I'll never forget that, that I'll my, probably my favorite Derek Carr play ever is in the game when we won in Oakland against Kansas City with the, the, the famous, you know, had to score five times in the end zone to win the game. And, um, and, and Derek is running across his body and hits Michael Crabtree in the front corner of the end zone. And I, I tell people all the time, you couldn't go out in your backyard and hit a fence post doing that, let alone <laughs> hitting a moving number 15 in the front corner of the end zone. Like, it's such a strength of his. And for whatever reason, like, it's seemingly diminishing as, as, as he's gone on in his career. So to see that return and to see that, yeah, he gets a little bit of happy feet sometimes, but I also think that he's, you know, whether it's psychosomatic, whatever the case is, because he's been beat up in there a lot, broken his back and, you know, broken his leg and all that kind of stuff. I mean, but but for whatever reason, it's seeming, aside from a little bit of happy feet, he's extending that pocket and running out and was great on the run. I mean, he's fast. He's yeah. not like, like, people talk about, like, Raider fan when they want to get really critical of Derek. The, the one things we hear a lot, because they see the highlight reels, you see what Lamar Jackson does, you see what, like, all these, like, super, like, you know, elite athletes do. And, and they're like, oh, I wish Raiders had a quarterback like that. Like, that's the new evolution of the NFL. And, like, the Raiders <laughs> need to, like, okay. 
Derek can do all that kind of stuff. He's he's incredibly mobile and incredibly accurate. Again, like I said, throwing the football on the run. So we want definitely want to see that more. So it was really, really nice to see that come back and that fire come out of him a little bit. Yeah, you hate that it takes three losses to pull that out, but mm. like, hey man, whatever. We'll take it. We're here now. Now let's go beat the freaking Chiefs' ass and get into the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, what about you? Derek Carr's performance today on the day, uh, if you look at Carr, it's not like uh, a massively all-pro type, uh, but it was very efficient and very controlled. 21-34, 188 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. What were your impressions of Carr today? Did you get the same sense I did he was a little more comfortable? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, he, he had a little bit more of a, a game manager uh, kind of feel going on, which is totally fine. You know, he, mm-hmm. as long as he's not doing things that, you know, are hurting the team, throwing interceptions, taking sacks, those types of things, which he didn't do uh, today. Um, you know, he, he managed the team. He made some big passes when he had to. And, and I, I can't, I, I gotta tell you, I, I think it's huge that um, coming off the, you know, the controversy that you mentioned before this week with the Dan Orlovsky, uh, you know, mm-hmm. videos coming off at ESPN, I think it was really important that him and him and Adams kind of got back on the same page. Um, you know, he was targeted 13 times. Adams made nine catches, hundred yards. So that should kind of silence the, the skeptics a little bit there. So I thought that was a, a big, a big factor. And, and, and hopefully they continue to build on that. And, and we'll see Adams involved more and more going forward. And Evan, you said earlier at the top of the show, uh, the offensive line, the offensive line and spots played well. I still see signs, though, that because they're not set on five guys, of course, you saw Alex Bars back in there. You saw Andre James at center, which made a huge difference, I thought. Nothing against Dylan Parham as his backup, but I thought just having that veteran in there was was fantastic. But you look at that offensive line, you saw Colton Miller go downfield on a play, he seemed confused. I still see some issues there with the musical chairs on offensive line, and I just wish they would settle on five guys because I think it would be better for Carr. I think it would be better for the entire team if they knew who was uh, running out there each time. Yeah, this was the fourth uh, different starting lineup. In, in the four games. So uh, hopefully they're starting to, to figure it out a little bit more. Now you'd like to see them kind of settle in. I think on the mm-hmm. left side of the line that they have with, with uh, Alex bars at guard. And I believe now that they have James back, you'll obviously see him at center with Parham playing at, at right guard. Now, right you guys tell me was did Illuminor get hurt or did he just get pulled from the game? So I saw a lot of Mumford Jr. Uh, in the second half of that game, or even in the first half. Um, I wasn't sure w- what the reason was, but um, you know he's he seems like he's getting more and more time as well. Um, so you know you, you'd like to see them settle in and and, and decide on the five guys that they want to go with going forward because I agree with you. I think it's a big um, a, a big thing to have that. Um, camaraderie to have you know to, to the trust that goes involved the communication there's a lot of that stuff involved playing the offensive line and if you're continuing to mix people in and out you know they don't have an opportunity to do those things and Merv I, I think Evan's right about that but then again you've seen four different lineups uh and tonight it just seemed to be better performance yeah there was a there was a false start penalty and then of course the Colton Miller illegal man downfield, which I think he just was confused on what play was called. Um, overall, though, it's it's re- it's it's reassuring to see that that ta- ragtag lineup, that moving lineup gets so much better so quickly. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's encouraging and it was better today. So however it mm-hmm. takes to get better, like, let's go for it. And not, not entirely pushing back on what Evan said, but I, I did learn something not all that long ago. It was in the, in the last year and I learned this from Taylor Lewan, the uh, tackle for the Titans. Um, you know, we're, we're buddies with the bus and with the boys guys and, and, and talking to them. And, and I asked a question, I'm like, how important is it like chemistry and like gelling 
as it because like as at least our fan brains mine is that always like oh you gotta have the same five out there because they gotta gel they gotta be like one unit like you gotta be cohesive you gotta you know and you think about all the great raiders teams of of the past and like it was the same five guys it was especially the left side of the line and like all these things and taylor's answer was like no it's really not that important what's most important is that the room has cohesion the room has chemistry mm. but we're pros like I'm going to play left tackle and I'm going to expect that whoever is at right tackle is knows how to do his job. And that's all that counts. And like, and it's not so much the camp. It, it's not as much of like a one particular unit has to learn to work together. It's at the guy next to you. You got to be able to trust him that he's going to do his job. And so that was a really interesting answer from, from Taylor and a little bit of insight to me because like, and it, you know, you look at those Titans teams, they've had great offensive lines Oh yeah, and um, it, you know, until this year, but like, um, but anyways, point being though, is that like, I thought that was an interesting answer is that, it's it's not so much about the collective five as it is just the entirety of the group. And as of right now, the Raiders entirety of their offensive line seems to be improving as a collective. And so however that they got to get there to, to have the kind of results that we got today, like I'm with it, man. Like, especially again, like bringing in Heron to be that sixth guy, like let's, yeah. let's go, you know? Absolutely. Shifting now, Josh Jacobs. Okay. So we, we, Josh Jacobs has had a good year all the way around, but the Raiders were near last, I think, in the NFL in rushes. Um, they just weren't running the ball. That was the whole thing with the balance tonight that worked so well. So you get Josh Jacobs going uh, in all other three games, but then you stop. This game, they stuck with him. They let him go at it. And oh, by the way, that offensive line was blowing up holes for him too, so that he could run through them. Evan, how, I mean, I think this shows how important especially in that offense. And and to me, it always was crazy the first three weeks because Josh McDaniels built that offense. He knows how important it is to stick with the run, to open up that pass, but he never went with it. And tonight we saw, finally, maybe he's trusting himself as a coach. He's trusting his offensive line and his running back to get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, uh, they were averaging only 14 carries per game coming in. You mentioned that was the lowest in the NFL. Um, and, and so, obviously, Jacob's got a big workload today. And I've talked a lot about not having a, a, an identity. And I think tonight uh, we saw an identity. We saw them, yes. you know, pound the ball. When they needed big plays, they went to the ground. They leaned on Josh Jacobs, and he delivered. Like I said, I think that might have been close to a career high for him, if not a career high. I thought he played well, um, you know, didn't get that contract extension uh, that fifth year option. And I'm sure that's giving him a little extra motivation now this season. Yeah. And Murph, I mean, you look at that situation. So then people will say, well, yeah, if you keep running Jacobs though, they're going to figure it out and they're going to blow it up the box. Great. If they load up the box, guess what? You got Devonte Adams, you got um, Darren Waller, you got Hunter Renfro when he comes back, uh, you got lots of weapons there. So I think it's huge and it shows one of the things, and we'll talk in the last segment about coaching, but it shows adjustment, right? You learn 0-3, if the Raiders would have come out and did everything they had done before with that running game, then we'd be having a different conversation tonight. But kudos to the coaching staff and kudos to that offensive line and Josh Jacobs for knowing how important of a game it is and coming out and just balling out. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that was that was a great point by by Evan there too. Like, I mean, it's so and to see the the, the Raiders uh, coaching staff like lean into it. Like, you know, we we that th- the question was asked last week, especially like, what's the identity of this football team? Like, what is our identity? Anyway, we have so many talented players at so many positions. Like, but what is what are we actually going to look like? And you know, and the and the, the Josh McDaniels' former job, the Patriots were were so famous of like beating you different ways each week, right? Like one week it would be Edelman, and then next week it would be you know James White, and then the next week it would be Gronkowski, and it would be like it was there was like yeah. one particular thing they would find you a week at, and then they would freaking just just overload on it. And so tonight it seemed like. The Raiders had success running the football early on and McDaniels just leaned into it and he just freaking like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And even when, 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 when Jacobs comes out, they get right after it was Zamir white and he takes off for 22 yards. Like, so it's like, they just really leaned into what the thing, what he, they found that thing that they did, that they did well. And they leaned into it. And then on the other side of the ball, defensively what are the patriots famous for finding out what you're good at and taking it away and i thought that that was like it was such a nice balance to see by the raiders i do think the broncos are a little overblown i don't think they're as good as you know what what the media will tell us that they are so i mean i still feel great about the win don't get me wrong but it's not like we beat the chiefs like next week we'll be this you know i said going into this whole thing like i felt like this week was going to define what the raiders were going to be in 2022 we now I think we know. I think we know that the character showed up. We see the see the fire in the team. Now, now it's all on the line. Like this, this might even be our season. I hate to be that guy that this early on to say like <laughs> but like so so let's do that again. Let's find out what the Chiefs are gonna do great. Let's take it away. I don't know if you can take away Patrick Mahomes entirely, but let's figure it out a, a way to, to try to, you know, the old Dan Patrick uh, term, right? You, you, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And uh, and then do the same thing on the other side of the ball, man. Like, so uh, it's it's definitely encouraging. And, and, yeah, and props to McDaniels for, for leaning into the run game the way he did. Yeah, and I agree with you guys both about finding that identity. And, and we, all had the, we all had the kind of assumption that that identity was to run the ball more with Josh Jacobs and Zamir White. And Zamir White got a couple carries tonight, as you know, as well. So I thought that was good. Evan, on the defense, too, I thought the defense tonight found a little bit more of its identity. I think, as we mentioned early in the show, Denzel Perryman being back, and hopefully he will be back, having gone out injured again during the game. But I thought Denzel Perryman being there, this defense, I thought, again, Amik Robertson, I thought um, having Harmon there, having those guys play as well as they did. Yeah, they got carved up a little bit, but let's face it, Russell Wilson still can play well in spots, and he found some spots early on. They were a little bit disorganized in the first half on defense. It surprised me a couple times uh, in watching the replay there that there were a couple uh, series where they just didn't seem to be ready, but for the snap even. And I thought Wilson took advantage of that as a veteran quarterback will do. But overall, Evan, did you feel too that maybe that defense, maybe some of these guys are solidifying roles and they're finding their way too? Yeah, definitely. And I think what we saw tonight was uh, their leaders on defense stepped up. You know, we talked about uh, last week, I believe, you know, not seeing that sense of urgency. I believe Murph was telling us about the the Raiders sidelines and how it kind of looked like they were lacking some some motivation out there. I think we saw that tonight, especially from a couple of those leaders on defense. Uh, Perryman came out like 
you know, shot out of a cannon to start that game. Crosby had an excellent game. I'm looking at the numbers now, two sacks, four tackles for loss. And Nate Hobbs, he showed up again this sack. week. He's really, yeah, with, with a sack. Um, I believe he had a pass, uh, pass breakup as well. So we saw some of those guys and that I've kind of criticized for, you know, your, your top players not stepping up and making big plays and impact plays in the in games. That didn't. That wasn't the case so much tonight. We saw a couple of those guys do those things, and 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 that's what it takes. If you want to be a great defense, you got to have your top players step up and and rise to the occasion. No doubt about it. Uh, Divine, Divine Diablo continues to also be a very very solid player for this Raiders team and play well uh, and step up. And I think you can see the leader in him too, Murph. He's not necessarily the the vocal leader on the team yet, but I like the kid's style. I like that he takes charge, especially on some of those bigger plays. Yeah, man, he, he, you know, way to step in and wear that green dot and and, and wear it and, and well and, you know, all about communication, right? At that spot, yep. as much as as, as as important as the play is, uh, communication is, is I would say, even equally as important. And, yeah, and I think it's it's cool. What I like about Diablo is that, like, he's not afraid to be a leader. And I, and we saw him last year kind of when he stepped up to the podium there. And he kind of, you know, in a, in a very kind way, called out some folks and like you know on on ethic and and practice habits and things like that and for a rookie to do that like that you know that takes some cojones to do something like that so i, I i'm with you I, I think divine diablo is um i mean we talk so much about nate hobbs we talk so much about max crosby but like he's kind of like an under i think uh praised player for the raiders on defense especially coming in relief of denzel perryman who's balling out yeah no question about it. All right, we're going to take our final break here on Silver and Black today. The Week 4 post-game edition Raiders winners over the Broncos, 32-23. to 23. When we come back, we'll talk a little about coaching, and then we'll close out the show. You're with Murph, Evan, and Scott here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere.